Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. My name is Lavia Alva, and I'm an extreme extrovert. So, um, I decided to make a podcast this morning because um, some things have been coming up lately in my journey through sobriety. And um, one thing in particular is that um, some people have been coming to me in regards to um, the curiosity of sobriety. So, um, <laughs> I, I only laugh just because, it's not funny, but I, I laugh just because um, I identify myself as a queer person, a uh, bisexual person, and it also happens to be Pride Month um, here in Minneapolis. June is usually Pride Month here in Minneapolis. Most places are. It's Pride Month everywhere, I think. I'm not really sure, but because <laughs> I've only lived in Minneapolis. But for us, um, June is a big time for Pride. Um, July this year is when our festivities are happening. And so with just this aroma of gay happiness, um, when I call um, sobri- like sober curiosity or curiosity for sobriety, I almost think of it as a... A comical way, like, you know how when people think of, like, you know, gay curious or straight or polyamorous curious, like, the curiosity to describe kind of a phase that you're like, ooh, I'm gonna try it out. And it is true, you know, there is a such thing as a sobriety curiosity, sober curious. Um, and it's okay to be sober curious, you know, um, when it comes to being sober curious. I know I was when I first started um, really looking into sobriety. Uh, A lot of alcoholics, you know, have this element of being curious about a life without alcohol because you understand a life with alcohol. And it's not always fun. It was fun at one point, but usually... When it turns into a problem, that's when we have to reach out for professionals and things like that. Anyway, but I also have to acknowledge that some people didn't really have choices in regards to their sobrieties. Um, Sometimes it's a choice that was taken away from people, unfortunately. Um, Sometimes with legal situations, DUIs... um, domestic violence, any kind of mishap when it comes physical or with property or something like that, sometimes you really don't have a choice. It's a court order and you have to go to rehab or you have to do a rehabilitation or of some sort, of some sorts. I can't even talk. (laughs) Be patient with me. Of some sorts. So anyway, going on. So these are just my personal tips. I'm not really a person that... um, I luckily was not a person that had to choose. I wasn't between... Of course, every addiction is between life or death. If you don't choose sobriety, you're choosing death. Essentially, theoretically. You know what I mean? Because if you're not choosing to be sober, you are engaging in you know, behaviors that are going to eventually kill you if you are an addict, like me. But just keeping that in mind, not everyone's 
ability to be sober was a choice. So some people might be a little bit more hostile um, towards that word and towards that, you know, um, idea around like, oh, we can just choose and we can use our minds to be sober. Some people really don't like that idea, but I'm going to branch upon this idea. And I, I don't mean to disrespect other people's journeys, but this is just the journey that I have personally experienced. So for me, it's very different. And every, every journey is going to be so different. So I'm not going to say that this is the only journey. With that being said, a friend came to me and was sober curious. And these are some of the things that I would advise someone, anyone that is sober curious. Being sober does not mean that you are not engaging in life. One of my greatest therapists told me that in order to remain sober, in order to maintain sobriety, you have to make your sober life fun as well, if not funner than when it was drinking. And a lot of people can, you know, be frustrated by this. Because what does fun mean? Does it mean spending lots of money? Spending lots of time? For some people, certain things are funner than others. However, for me, I found the best way to maintain sobriety and enjoying myself was to make time for myself. So, for example, if you're curious about it, pick one day of the week. One day of the week, let's say Thursday. Thursday is going to be your thirstless Thursday. (laughs) You're going to not use any substances on this day. And it's your designated day. You know, if you're, if, and maybe even call it a fun day in your schedule. Maybe say, you know, this is going to be my holistic day. This is the day that I, you know, whatever your religion is, whatever your customs is, maybe this is the day that you go and hang out with family. You, you know, make sure your mental health is okay. You go to the gym, you listen to your music. Some people like to go to the beach. Me, I have a designated day out of the week where I go to the beach. Because otherwise, (laughs) if I don't um, designate a time in my schedule to do the things that I enjoy, I get stressed. I get irritated. I get tired with life. And that can be a trigger. Over being overworked, being overtired, being hungry, being frustrated, having too many too much cholesterol in your diet having too much sugar in your diet anything can throw anybody off it really has to depend on your own particular bio uh, like biology and i know for me after i became sober when i'm feeling really emotionally distressed sometimes i have to take some time and eat something sweet One day, I was having a rough day, and I literally got off the bus wherever I was going, and I went straight to this wonderful uh, ice cream shop that I usually go in Minneapolis. People that are from Minneapolis know this place, but if you are not from Minneapolis, it is a place called Sebastian Joe's, and if you are like me and lactose intolerant and cannot eat ice cream then this place is the most wonderful 
place to be. And it is wonderful because you can engage and eat ice creams and it's wonderful. <laughs> you don't have to worry about not eating ice creams because they have lots of non-dairy and vegan flavors. Anyway, long story short, I was having a very emotional day. I could it was I did all my things. I drank my cold water, I had my ice pack, I was throwing ice uh, like regulate myself. I took my deep breaths. I did my five things that I was thankful for every day, all those things. And for some reason it just didn't work. <laughs> didn't work that day for some reason. And so when it didn't work, I literally had to get off the bus and I just went into Sebastian Joe's. And Sebastian Joe's was like, and when you get in there, there's like lots of air conditioner blasting. The flavors are all on the wall. I just needed something sweet. I just needed something to taste and to get whatever I was feeling out of my head. Get out of my head, basically. And it worked. You know, and my friend, I was meeting a friend, and they texted me, and they were like, Hey, are you on your way? And I, I let them know. I was like, Hey, you know, I was having a really emotional day. I couldn't regulate my emotions. I just had to go get some ice cream. Because for me, that was a healthier alternative than to go to the bar. And that's just an example. It might get kind of uh, might get kind of loud here for a second. Ooh. Oh God, it's hot in Minneapolis today. It is super, super hot. Whew. And I was walking home from work. I'm off to work again, pretty soon. Lots of busy things getting. Whew, I have to get done today, but. I just wanted to share with you this story because it's important. And so when my friend asked me what I would advise, if you're sober curious, is just make a day. Make a day for yourself. One of those days. Thursday, 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 make sure you have a schedule, you know. What are you going to do? Wake up? Are you going to eat your a good meal? Are you going to watch TV? Like, what are you going to do? For me, I know personally, structure really helps. If I know what I'm going to do or have an idea of what I'm going to do, it makes the day go by a lot easier. So on days off, days off were always triggering for me because it was like a whole day for myself. And loneliness really liked to play with my mind. Loneliness always liked to say like, oh... You know, your friends don't like you anymore. Or um, all your friends are busy. All of them are doing other stuff without you. Um, And not everyone has the same things that are as important to them. But for me, this was really important. I didn't want to be alone. I wanted to have friends. I wanted to hang out with people. And because I was drinking all the time, I knew that my friends didn't want to hang out with me when I was drinking. So I would drink by myself. I started to drink by myself because I knew that I had trouble with alcohol subconsciously even if I didn't admit it to myself I was getting an idea of how my behaviors were reflecting on other people and yeah so for me I try not to be 
I'm too bored. <laughs> I try not to get too bored. I try to um, plan my time. I'm get, like, I'll say on my days off. This is an example. I'll go to the beach. I'll wake up early, pack my lunch, pack my food for the beach, make sure I have lots of water and snacks to bring with me. I bring Bindi, my dog. Some, bringing my dog is really helpful because if I bring my dog with me, I know that I'm not going to go into a bar anywhere because I can't. I have to bring her. Minneapolis, we're dog friendly, but we're not that dog friendly. Can't be bringing your dog to the bar, even if it has a patio. Only service animals. It might just be because of COVID, but <laughs> that's how it is in Minneapolis. Anyway, another thing that I think is important when other people are sober curious is to understand three things. So the main things that you want to like kind of think about is what drives you to be sober. Because if you wake up and you're like, um, I'm just not going to drink today because my mom uh, told me I shouldn't drink because um, I was late for picking up my children and now I have to be responsible. Is that a big enough motivation for you? For some people it is, some people it's not. And you have to be honest with yourself. That's the thing, is you have to be 100% honest. For me, some things did not drive me to be sober. Like, when when someone was like, hey, you should watch yourself, like, how you drink. I still drink. I don't, I didn't care. Um, so what drives you? What drives you to be sober? What emotional contribution is going to drive you? So at the end of the day, when you're by yourself in your room... And no one else is around. And you are at your biggest triggers. What is going to drive you? Some people, it might be religion. Some people, it might be money. Saving money and living their dream. Some people, it might be their family. It might be their children. They want to live long enough to see their children. They want to live long enough to grow up and have grandkids. What is it? But it has to be concrete and you have to be honest with yourself because if it's a bullshit answer, you are not going to get sober. (laughs) I can tell you that right now. And what, kind of going off with what drives you, what is your everyday motivation? What is going to motivate you? For me, personally, I'm a world traveler. I'm an extreme extrovert. I love learning about people. I love... Um, traveling. I love to see new places. And what really motivated me to be sober was knowing that when I'm sober, all of me is attentive. When I learn a new language, when I learn a new skill, when I'm sailing, when I'm on the plane, when I'm sober, I'm aware. I'm smart. I'm alert. I'm more alert than I was before. So technically... I guess it could potentially be safer. Because I, as a world traveler, I already put myself in some risks sometimes. You know, it's just risky traveling sometimes by yourself. Or in two new places that you don't know. So this is what really personally motivated me. Um, what really drove me to be sober. I won't share too much because it's a little personal. But someone from my life that I love very, very much... 
they talked to me one day when I was like, I was, I was sober-ish. Everyone is always sober-ish in their beginning of their journey, I feel like. And that's okay. I feel like that is the beginning steps. Just at least acknowledging that you have a problem. And even if you can't stop completely, just acknowledging that certain behaviors are a problem. And being realistic with yourself. Being like, okay, today I'm going to only drink, you know, I'm already drinking whatever. You know, if your mind is set, it's set. But like maybe the next day say like, you know what, for an hour, I'm going to be sober. For 30 minutes, I'm going to be sober. And after the 30 minutes, you say, okay, I can do 30 more minutes. I can do one more hour. I can do two more hours. Only take it one step at a time. Because as soon as you push yourself too hard, you're going to feel discouraged. And you're already discouraged as an alcoholic. You're guilty. You're guilty for all the behaviors that you had done in the past. You're guilty about hurting the people that you love. You're guilty about lying. You're guilty about breaking promises. You're guilty about oversleeping and getting too drunk and forgetting to get to that graduation or to that gate. It's easy to feel all these negative emotions. But when when someone really dear to me came to me and told me full-heartedly why and how their experience was when I was drinking, it turned my mind around. This person that I adored, imagine your bestest friend. This is the person that really changed me. Imagine your bestest friend that you knew for a lifetime. And they came to me and they said, the reason why I do not invite you and I don't want to invite you when you're drinking is because I don't want to see you die. I do not want to see you stumbling around killing yourself over and over and over again. And this made me sad, y'all. When I heard this coming from somebody that I loved and that I heard that I had hurt them, when I heard and I saw in their face and I seen in their eyes and I heard with their voice that I had hurt them immensely I was so ashamed and I was so guilty I felt so guilty I was like how am I ever going to change this how am I ever going to redeem myself and the truth was I took I took what they took me I took what they told me I took what they told me and I wrote down all my responses. I wrote down everything that I thought. I wrote down exactly what I wanted to tell them. I wrote down exactly how I felt. I wrote it down on paper and I wrote about five pages over and over and over again. And I wrote down what they had told me and I let it sink in. And I put myself in their shoes. I wrote a story from their perspective. I, I put myself in their situation and what they had done to me. And I realized that if I had been them, and if I had to endure something similar, I don't know if I would have been as strong as they would have been. And I don't know if I would have been as patient as they are. 
And I know that even though I hurt this person immensely, one thing I knew for certain is even though I can't take back what I did ever, I know that I can benefit myself now. And I know that I can stop reflecting the pain on people that I love. And most importantly, reflecting pain on myself. So I'll rephrase the first two that I stated. What drives you? What motivates you? Kind of similar, but they are similar. Like, what drives you? What motivates you? They're kind. They're really similar, but slightly different. And I guess the third one is be very crucially honest with yourself and do not lie to yourself. If you go to a party and people are like, oh, you're going to be sober, right? You're going to be sober, right? If you don't fucking want to be sober, you have to own up to it. You have to be like, nope, I am not going to be sober. I know it's a problem, but I'm not going to be sober. That way, you're honest with yourself, and you're honest with others. And just being honest in that sense makes it easier later on. Because this was one of the hardest things I did in rehab. I constantly was kind of fighting a double life. And it's not uncommon in the beginning of rehab to live a double life. Of, oh yeah, I'm sober, I'm sober. And then on the weekends you go and with your friends and have a few drinks. It's tempting. It's tempting to do that. And you have to be honest. I think one thing that really helps me also throughout my sobriety is somebody will be like, Oh, do you just not like drinking? And I'm like, no, I love to drink. I love to drink. But I don't. I'm not going to lie to myself. I'm not going to diminish my feelings. You know, I'm not... I'm also, like... Some people it's triggering... And, you know, it's not advised for everyone. But for me, I can still go to bars. If I'm going to go to a bar, I'm going to dance. I'm going to still drink my Red Bull. My yellow Red Bull is my go-to. I fucking love yellow Red Bulls. Um, And I dance. I dance and I have fun. If I'm going to go to the bar for a reason, for someone's birthday, for any reason, I'm going to have fun with it. There's no reason to sit at the bar and cry and be sad and be like, Oh, God, I can't drink. And that's what I used to think. I used to think that I would have to go to a party and be like, Oh, everyone's watching me. Everyone cares what I'm drinking. Everyone's criticizing me. You know what? No. Go to the party and have fun. And try having fun, like, soberly. You you can. It's possible. But if you know you're going to drink, you know, maybe you have to work on your boundaries because boundary setting up boundaries is not it was not easy for me. I always grew up in a situation when I was growing up. I grew up I was born in 1992, so I grew up in the 2000s. Um when I was growing up, it was a lot of like you still respect your elders, but in a sense, now nowadays people have different kind of ways of raising kids you know they 
they talk through problems. They say, you know, they acknowledge their feelings. When I was growing up, we didn't acknowledge feelings. It was either yes or no. You know, if your mom told you you could go outside, awesome. If she said not to go outside, you don't go outside. Whether you wanted to go outside or not. Whether you cried or not. And you for sure don't cry because, you know, attitude and talking back is not a thing. It wasn't a thing for me when I was younger. So if I wanted to do something and my father or my mother said no, it was just no. And so setting up boundaries for me personally is really hard. I still have to work on sticking up for myself. And sticking up for yourself is important because you're basically broadcasting to the world as well as yourself that you are valued. You deserve the way that people respect you. And because of my upbringing, and I always learned to be quiet and kind of just follow with the rules, when I had to tell someone, hey, you know, I don't like when you talk about that. I don't like when you reference my drinking. There were a lot of times that my friends were trying to be helpful. They would be like, hey, you know, maybe you should slow down or maybe you should drink. And as a person who is an addict, I had to let them know. I had to let them know. I'd be like, you know what? Please don't reference my drinking. It triggers me and it makes me upset. It makes me angry and when people are criticizing me, it makes me want to drink more. And it, you might hurt some people. You might hurt some people's feelings. But you know what? You have to do what is right for you. And I had a friend that was, you know, trying to be really thoughtful and, you know, be like, oh, you know, you should slow down, drink water, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, thank you. Thanks for, like, helping people out. But at the same time, they're going to do it regardless of what you say. So sometimes you have to kind of let people go. Sometimes you kind of have to let people make their own mistakes. When I continued making my own mistakes and I realized that I was fucking up my own life, I was messing up my own health, it was me who was doing this. When everyone else was telling me not to. It was my brain who was telling me to do this. It's stuck to be, it's hard and it sucks to be stuck in the pattern of addiction. Because once you're in that mindset, it seems really hard to stop. But this is where I believe that to a certain extent, it is mind over matter. I don't agree with, like, when people are like, oh, you know, um, alcoholics, it's just an alcoholic, um, what is, what do they call it? Oh, Alcohol is like a drug of choice I, or like a addiction of choice. I, I really didn't like when people used to say that to me. Like even in rehab or like even in discussions, you know, people would say like, oh, you know, alcohol is a drug of choice. Or they'd reference to me and say like, oh, what's your drug of choice? Drug of choice? If I could choose any fucking drug to be addicted to, I'd be fucking addicted to water. Like, I'd fucking choose something so goddamn healthy that, you know, I, what? I didn't choose to have a problem with the substance. I, those words just don't settle with me. But that's how some people phrase it. Um, so for me, I like to say, you know, like usage like I a drug that I used to use 
or like anything other than drug of choice because for me that really didn't settle well and because it doesn't settle with me so much that I actually kind of have to stand up for myself sometimes I was talking to a, a ex coworker who was also sober curious and they were like hey so what was your drug of choice and I said I did not choose to be addicted to alcohol I did not choose that but alcohol is the drug <laughs> that I used a lot and now that I, I am sober from. I am sober from alcohol. And that's what I like to say. And some people are like, oh, that's really petty. It is usage. And I just pay those people no mind because I'm like, you know what? This is... I don't believe that it was my choice. And I'm going to stick up for myself and I'm not going to use those words because that doesn't respect my boundaries and respects the way that I view myself. I don't view myself as an addict. I don't view myself as a person that chose to be addicted to alcohol, you know. Okay, sorry about that little rant. I kind of got a little I kind of got a little emotional over there. Kind of got a little um into that, but that it's just very important to me. And one thing I also want to um keep in mind when other friends are like really sober curious, is just kind of letting them go at their own pace. You know, I I find myself, when people are like, oh, you know, I'm sober curious, I get so excited. I'm like, oh, great. I can't wait. And as a person, as a really extroverted person, I always want to, like, share my ideas. I always want to go and be like, oh, um, I did this, I did this, I did this, this worked, this didn't work, this worked, this worked. But instead of doing all that, I realized I sometimes have to listen. I have to sometimes sit back and listen and really let people share what they want to share. And then if they want advice, then I'll give them advice. Because advice is almost useless if the person doesn't want advice. You know, and I've noticed like in my life, in my lifetime, it's really common when you address someone with a problem and say like, which... Sober sobriety curiosity for sobriety is not a problem, but like anything like in regards to seeking out advice. A lot of people will be like, Oh, you know, I, I'm thinking of being sober, I'm thinking of doing this but they didn't actually say that they wanted advice. They're just sharing with you an idea that they're having. And so for me, because I get so excited about this topic, I have to remind myself to sit back and listen. You never want to push an addict. You never want to push an alcoholic too much. Because if you push them too much, then it's going to backfire. You know, it's going to fall into that guilt. Like, oh, I didn't, I can't accomplish this. I must be a bad person. I must be not good enough. I, you know, I don't deserve this. And when you're in a dark place mentally, I feel like that's when you're prone to addiction. You're prone to stick with addiction because you're so much in your mind and not out in the world. And that's why I think that it's really important for anyone, even people that are not exploring sobriety, to exercise, take walks, um, enjoy music, talk with friends, be outside, get in groups, socialize with people, learn about people, just so that you can really get in tune with who you are, resolving conflicts, um, learning to listen to other people's stories, 
empathy, sympathy, things like that. I think everyone can learn and benefit from all those things. Anyway, I really appreciate y'all for listening to me today. I I just thought it was so interesting, you know, this um, concept of sober um, curiosity. It, It never came to me naturally, I feel like, in my experience. But I definitely think that it's a beginning phase. If you're curious about sobriety and you're questioning your actions... Even if you're still drinking, that's awesome. You know, it, as long as you're acknowledging your actions, that is one step closer to the door. Because if you can acknowledge your actions and what is happening to in reality, if you can acknowledge that when you drink, you get angry, if you can acknowledge that when you drink, something else might happen, you might, you know, get in trouble, you might do this, you might do that. But then later on you might realize, hey, these are the things that I can benefit from. These are the things I can do when I'm sober. What? These are the, these are the things that I can preoccupy my time with. This is the money that I can spend. So experiment with it. Have fun with it. Do it. If you're curious, do it. And don't let people push you. You know, if people are like, oh, well, why don't you just be sober then? No. Don't let them diminish your journey. If you can only take it one day at a time, that is totally fine. Don't let people push you. And know that, like, it's going to be a journey for some people. Some people never reach the finish line. We all want to, but some people don't. And that's the harsh thing about um, reality, you know? It's the harsh thing about being an alcoholic. Because you have a very dangerous addiction. And it's... And I congratulate everyone who's, you know, curious about sobriety. Explore it. Do it. And you might realize that you really like it. You might realize that it's really fun sometimes. It's going to be life. It's going to be hard. You know... The first 24 hours when you want to drink, when your body is groggy, when your throat is sore, when your stomach is aching, when your head has a headache. And the easiest thing to do is just continue drinking because if you continue drinking, that pain goes away. It's the truth. It does. But that's also one last day that you could be spent on this earth. And we don't want that for you. Nobody does. Not even the universe wants that for you. And whether you're sober or not, you deserve to be happy. If you're sober, you deserve to be sober. If you're questioning it, you deserve to question it. You deserve happiness. You deserve a life. You deserve a chance. And with that, I'll let you guys go. But I want to say thank you for listening to my podcast. And remember to love yourself. Make sure that you get a lot of water. Make sure that you eat your food. Make sure that you get good rest. Do something nice for yourself. Because you deserve it. And have the safest, safest, safest of travels.